What's up, everybody? Welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. Farah. Hi, guys. It's Farah. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> how, how are you doing? You know, black women just out here winning. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm <Yeah>. great. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, you know, all of the all of the black women that was kind of centered and prominent in this election win, I think was incredibly like important and was just like great. So shout out to black women because y'all did that this election. Burr, 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 burr. We get all the ear horns. But yeah, you know, black women out here winning. My two cities showed the fuck out or my two it states, did. I should say. Well, states. OK, so hear me out. <laughs> and someone else, <laughs> somebody else that said this, who one of our, our sister said this on one of her platforms, I think it was Instagram, maybe, so I don't know, it might have, it, it was either Instagram or Facebook. And she said that Philly needs to be its own state. Mm. And I was like, listen, when I, all, I'm always telling people Atlanta and Georgia are two different states, like come here accordingly. So I'm like, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club, Philly. You are your own state just like Atlanta. So my two homes showed the fuck out. We flipped Georgia blue. Stacey Abrams deserves all her accolades. And yeah, we just winning. That's that's uh that's facts. I saw a meme or something like that in Philly. It said Philly needs to separate itself from Pennsylvania and come and become its own John. And I was like, damn, that's so true. Like <laughs> it really I mean, we really do need to be our own John. I mean, the saying is Pennsylvania is Philly on the right, Pittsburgh on the left, and Alabama in the middle. Yeah. I mean, but that's every state, really. Every state outside of its main city centers is red. Yep. But then I also saw a map. I saw the, the way that they do maps for voting in other countries, especially in Europe. They show it. At, they show it in ratio to population, as opposed to just like showing. So, like Tech uh, Montana, for instance, or with Dakota, one of the Dakotas, they have they they have a very sparse population. So it's a lot of land, but it's just not as many people. And so they show like how people would win in relation to like what the population actually looks like. So I think for like Montana, they had like three dots inside of Montana. But if they would show a place like California or Texas or, you know, Pennsylvania, it would be more dots because land and the the thing is land doesn't vote. People do. Right. So a state can't be red or blue. It's the people inside of the state. And then, you also have to consider the population of that state. So it's very, it, it takes away some of the misconceptions of what the country actually looks like when you show it in ratio to what the population of that said state actually is. So I thought, it was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We let's, let's get into all of that in a little bit. First, let's share some updates. What's up with you? What's new? You know, still procrastinating on my homework. I have this book, but I'm debating if I want to put it on hold for a minute. Just not necessarily on hold, but not be in a push to get it ready within a year. Just take my time with it. I'm debating if I want to do that. But I have that. I'm working on my soap. So I was like in a mad dash for making soap this week so that I can have some ready for Christmas time. That'll be like ready 
like the week or like week and a half before Christmas, so I can get those like those last couple of stragglers who haven't gotten stuff yet. Oh, I'm going to be doing training for the count to be a count audit observer in Gwinnett mm. County. I'm going to be doing that tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. You know, yeah, that's about it. What about you? I before before I say that, Brie loved the soaps that you that so, you gave and you need to plug that so people can so people can can support okay, i don't have my the site up yet i'm gonna get an etsy page though before i get i'm gonna just get the etsy page so that i can just start getting it out and getting like revenue and then i'm just gonna switch over to my own site because i don't etsy etsy and amazon are the fucking devil because they take <laughs> so much of your revenue that you get so little and so and then the the, the the market is like flooded with what I make on Etsy and not that it's not flooded anywhere. And there's plenty of money out here for everybody to, to, you know, to be happy. And, and, you know, I'm not expecting to get rich. So I just want to, I just like doing it. And so it's kind of just something that I do my little side hustle, but it's plenty of money out here for everybody to get some, but it's just so flooded. Like you can't see it. I get it, but every dollar helps. So shout out to the followers that's out there. We gonna we gonna get your we gonna get your socials up. We gonna get your website up to yes, so my, that my can social, get on there. Yes, the okay. So my business name is Cleanse Soap and Self Care. I make soap, bath bath bombs, body creams, stuff like that. So the I, I, I'm going to be working on getting the Etsy page going, and because I do have a few products right now that that can be purchased, but I'm going to work on that. And I'm going to work on getting my social media up and running because in the, another reason why I haven't done it is because I have to file. It's a, it's a specific permit that I have to get technically to sell. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I'm going to be applying for that. But by the time Chris, by the time the Christmas rush comes around, the permit should be through. It usually only takes like 30 days, even with COVID, like it should be okay. I just got this amazing idea. Next time you come up to Philly, we should do, I, I, I know some folks that, also has some small businesses and we should do it like a pop-up marketplace for oh, you yeah. make make a good make a batch at a time bring it to this pop-up marketplace flood it with some 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 you know a little bit of free stuff sell a little bit of things here we, I, we should, and we I should give make away this happen. i give away a lot of my product too but i give it away in anticipation of like okay here take this because i just have it it's just sitting right now so go ahead and take it but this is my product. And so people are, people do ask me, like, you gave this to me, but I want to buy it now. So what's up? Like, and I'll, I'll sell, like, you know, a piece here or there, but, like, for mass production. Well, not even mass production because it is small batch. I make small batches of it. But for, like, for the masses, I have it. Right. But it's coming. Listen, that's a lot of updates for you, though. So I'm glad, I'm glad I pulled that out of you. Yeah, I've been, I'm trying to pull myself out of a depressive state. So I just trying to do things, you know, (laughs) when we when we get off of this episode, because I can't share this, this particular update with everybody, I got to drop you into this, this little thing that I got introduced to in the last couple of days, you'll love it, you'll thrive in it, I promise you. Mm -hmm. But as far as updates with me, Let's see, like what's, I mean, I'm, I'm as busy as always, right? Like uh, that's, yeah. that's always usual. the thing, but it's, it's calmed down a little bit since the election ended. 
like you were saying, you know, Philly came through. I like to say that I came through. So the congratulations go to me. Please give me my flowers, y'all, because I made Philly pull through. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. You know, but that since that's that's calmed down a little bit, you know, the work stuff, we've kind of shifted focus a little bit. The same with my different like organizations and things like that. Next weekend, I'm actually leading a panel discussion on podcasting on a budget. Oh, I need to listen to that because this, I'm going to let you finish and then I'm going to tell you something else that I have cooking. Yeah, yeah. So this is the see, I told you, you got to you got to yeah, I'm going to well, pull these updates you, out of you. you. I'll tell you when you tell me whatever it is that you got to tell me, because mine is still it's, it's in the working. So I don't want to talk about it yet. Got you. So next Saturday, I'm hosting podcasting on a budget. I'm hosting it with the National Association of Black Journalists. The conference this year, we were supposed to do this in March, like two weeks before. No, not March. I believe it was April, actually, about I was actually supposed to be flying to Pittsburgh to do this panel in person. And then COVID said, nah, stay your ass home. And so (laughs) that was put on hold. We did like a little mini thing for the Philadelphia chapter, but they came and circled back around to me and asked me to moderate this for the national convention that's taking place it's all virtual there is a charge for tickets i need to find all of that out (laughs) so i can so i can get so i can make sure that's shared out for everybody who wants to see me moderate this panel maybe drop some questions i'm in there you know maybe i'll maybe i'll do something and i've been thinking about like sponsoring a few people that are um, aspiring journalists or as, aspiring media personalities to kind of, you know, or interested in podcasting to get them into this. And so maybe, maybe we'll swing something, see if we can make something happen. But either way, I'm hosting that next Saturday. I will share all of the links and all of the, the stuff that people need to get to on social so that they can get access to that. I'm also working on a project behind the scenes that I can't really share just yet, but what essentially what it is is a an event for Philly to just kind of celebrate and bring community together. Right now, we're looking for donations from it. We're fundraising from it for for a little bit for for our organization. I'm partnered with another organization to make it happen. But it's an event that's going to make sure one everybody's still socially distanced because we're going to get into Philadelphia right now with the coronavirus in a minute. But two, bringing community together and just everybody just having a good time because Philly needs that right now in a big way. That sounds you have a lot going on, too, (laughs) as always. You always have a lot going on. You're like the busiest man in the world. Now, this has nothing to do with anything. This is just something that I just thought about just now. You like when we're recording, like especially like right now, I have no business drinking this soda right now because all it's going to do is make me belch. And I always want to belch while I'm recording and I'm always like pressing mute. And then like, you know how when you're talking, like you don't necessarily be having to belch, but like it's that little thing in your throat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the time. And I'm always pressing mute for it. I just a, wanted I'm a, to share that. It has I'm nothing tell you. to do with anything, <laughs> but I just think it's hilarious that I'm constantly like pressing mute so that to do that so that so that no one hears me like constantly belching on on the, the audio i'm gonna tell you a little trick for you and for anyone else that's like recording at home or even if they're not even at home if they're in person and they're doing speaking engagements hot water 
drink hot water before you go into any speaking engagement. It clears your throat. It calms your voice. It allows you to speak longer. And it's just an easy way to kind of soothe your throat and get ready for those speaking engagements. Yeah, warming the vocal cords. Like how Mm -hmm. singers warm their vocal cords. They'll like put on layers around their neck before performances. I was a singer in my former life. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Warm water. It's it's magic. It it didn't have shit to do with shit. I just wanted to say that because I just think that it's funny. (laughs) <laughs> all right you said you had something else to share though when i talked about this podcasting no uh, we're gonna panel. talk about that later because it's still in the workings all right all right offline we'll do that offline mm-hmm. all right so let's move into our first segment so our first segment politics meets pop culture i wanted to flip this a little bit because we we haven't really got into the topic of celebrities and people of status using their platform to weigh in on politics we know that it that can be controversial particularly on like in conservative circles when especially like basketball players or people that are actors or something like they hate when celebrities weigh in and it goes against them, but they love uplifting celebrities when it's for them. Mm -hmm. But like, I think there's a different conversation about like, do they have a responsibility because of their platform to weigh in on social issues or is it more of just like you're the average person and you weighing in on these issues is no different from anyone else essentially like i'm an, i'm the average person and i'm doing this work in this arena and i and i speak out publicly on social issues but like does the person does will smith does the rock does you know another famous person do they have a, a higher responsibility because they garner so much attention to speak out against something that's an injustice or social issue or something like that. What do you, what, what, how do you think about that? I don't think that it's necessarily that they have, should feel obligated to do that. I think that if, if that's what, cause some people just aren't very into politics to want to, to discuss politics or, you know, different things. So I don't think that it's like this obligatory thing that they have to do. I think that they should be mindful of the things that they say. And even when sharing their opinion, like, okay, go if that's what you want to do, then fine. We all have that right to do so. Just be mindful of the way that you say things because, because you do have influence on people. Just regardless of whether it's pro something or anti something be be mindful of the way that you say it because you do have influence over people like share your opinion by all means just be mindful of how you say it because oftentimes your very supporters can be in this in you know on whatever side of a of a uh, an issue that you may be speaking on and so just be mindful of that but I don't think that they have an obligation or it's their responsibility to do so. I think it's every American's responsibility to be aware of the social climate in our country and the political climate in our country and be and participate in it. Mm. But I don't think it's obligatory. You you navigated that with a lot of nuance. I say, uh, fuck that. <laughs> You got millions of people following you. If there is something terrible happening, you are obligated to speak out against it. 
because otherwise what's the you know i think that i think that the way our lives have progressed when we talk about when we look at like the entertainer aspect or the the high prolific actors or rappers or singers whatever like we've we've become a society that has put more importance on the entertainment aspect of our lives than the social aspect of our lives right and so i think the entertainment aspect is a bonus for when the social is going right and if the social isn't going right if like people are dying in a particular area because of failures of government or because systems of oppression and racism and sexism or whatever like you are obligated to speak out about that because that comes first. The entertainment is secondary. Everything mm-hmm. that we do when it comes in an entertainment space is secondary. And so even if you didn't necessarily mean to become famous, like you're I believe you're thrust into that that spotlight and you have millions of people who, you know, hang on to your every word or are swayed by the things you say and do. I think you have then a responsibility to use that space in a way that's not about like partisan politics. That's not like Republican versus Democrat or anything like that. But you have a responsibility to speak out on things that are injustices and racist and sexism. And when you don't and you choose to ignore them or you choose to steer away from them or you choose to say things like, oh, I'm just here for I'm just a rapper. Like you're not. You're a person still. And you're a person with a huge following. And if you aren't speaking about those things, um, not saying that you have to speak on every issue. Right. Not saying that you have to be the world's president or things like that. But like. To not do anything, to not speak, you know, to not have any opinion or or share any fact or or space for you know how oppressive society is i think is just like it's your you should be ashamed of yourself and you don't deserve that platform so i i, I yeah no, that's that's the way i now you get I, I was gonna say that's just the way i come from it you like you like nah if you got this platform and you ain't doing something if you ain't picking an avenue to do some type of good to speak out not just like hey i bought like some 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 computers for a school like i need you to actually be saying things that are calling things out that are wrong if you aren't doing that fuck out of here you don't get none of my attention right i I don't i I don't disagree with that sentiment i think i was speaking more on because like i said i think it's every american's responsibility to do that and you as an american especially when there are injustices happening it's our obligation to and our responsibility to say something about something that's going on. My point in in that aspect of it and saying something is that you still have to be mindful of how you say it. Because whether you realize whether people want to acknowledge it or not, let's take Kanye for example, or any of the the black men who dropped the ball this time. <laughs> Any of these black celebrity men that drop the ball. You know, some of them are not saying, some of them are saying, yes, go and vote. And Kanye's, you know, example is go ahead and vote, but vote for me. He's still advocating for you to vote. So he's saying something, but 
and with along with everything else is a bunch of dangerous things that he's saying along with it as well and so that's my point is that when you say these things you have to be responsible in how you say it regardless of what side of it you fall on because you can be some though i don't agree with the sentiment if you want to be anti-abortion go ahead and be anti-abortion but don't tell me that don't call me a baby murderer you know what i'm saying like if that's how you, if that's how you feel you have every right to feel like abortion should be illegal for whatever reasons that you may have but don't on the, but don't in turn tell me that i'm a murderer and i you know what whatever the case may be i just you pick you know pick that it's just something that popped into my head but you st regardless of where you stand on the issues you still have to be responsible because radicalization is on both sides of the aisle and these people crazy as fuck and they take things to the extremes usually it's more often you know in the space that we're in now is more often on the right where people tend to go to these violent extremes for the opposing for the opposing party it happens on the it happens on the left as well but it's more so on the right as it in in, in the iteration of society that we're in now but you just have to be mindful of how you're voicing your opinion like it's extremely violent when 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 Lil Wayne said that black lives like the how I forget the exact way that he iterated it but basically saying like that that black the whole black lives matter movement didn't matter to him because that don't that shit he's rich I don't gotta deal with that shit like I don't gotta deal with that poor shit like what the fuck they got to do with me like that's violent if you don't which I don't, I'm not advocating at all, and I'm not even trying to justify. If you don't agree with the slogan of Black Lives Matter, I mean, fuck you, but fine. But don't be so, don't be violent about it. You know, don't be dismissive and oppressive of other people about it. That was my, that, that's, I think that's the, the point that I, along with what you were saying, that, that, that was my main thing. It's like, okay. You're going to say what you're going to say. Chris, which which Chris was it? Not Was it Chris Pratt? Which one played? Yeah, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, came out as a uh, Republican Trump supporter. Yeah. You know, but just don't be violent about it. I don't, I don't have to agree with you because you're going to say what the fuck you're going to say anyway because white people going white people. Yep. But don't be violent about it. Don't, don't. Don't be so extreme about what you say and be, be mindful of what you say to not purposefully trigger violent reactions from people. I, I can, uh, it's all I can violent. agree with that. It's all violent, whether you, however you want to shake it. Because if you say that black lives don't matter, then you then I don't matter, or the whole all lives matter bullshit. If you, if you are anti-choice not is that's what it is it's not pro-choice it's anti is not anti-abortion it's anti-choice you don't want me to have a choice that's a violent act against my body but you have the right to say it but don't be standing outside abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood with fucking uh photos of fetuses and you know calling people murderers threatening doctors lives like that that's the shit I'm talking about 
Yeah, I, I can I can agree with you on that front. Yeah, you know, everybody just can't say any damn thing out of their mouth. But I, I right. like Still I said, I, feel, I, but just be mindful of what the fuck you say. And I say, if you are a celebrity or if you are someone of status, you are obligated to be doing something with your platform. That's my that's my that's my hot take on that. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But still be mindful. I want to know what I'm going to put this poll up. I think I did this when I was back in the day when I was doing a question of the day every every day in my stories. But I'm going to throw this up again because I'm curious to what other people think. Are celebrities obligated to speak out on or use their platform for some type of good in society or speak I out to some type of injustice has that obligation i know but Period. i'm talking specifically about celebrities because saying. because they have their platform so i want to yeah. i'm gonna put that up in my stories i want to have everybody uh vote on that let's go ahead and move on to our next segment everything's local so let me talk about philly right now because mm-hmm. philly y'all drawing what y'all doing up there there's a thousand new cases of COVID. Um, oh yeah! Like you the, guys went I think up in one like of the highest digit percentages. Yeah, so put your like I don't understand why why niggas ain't wearing masks, but like wear your mask. Like, and it's crazy because I mean I get it actually because the news reporting has become very very laxed on the intensity around COVID lately, not just the on local the local. News? Both okay. local and national, you know, look back to I was telling this. Remember the days when this first kicked off every day, all day. That's all you heard and talked about COVID, COVID, COVID. They were praying press conference after press conference of just COVID. If it wasn't the president, which was a bunch of nonsense, they were talking to they had the the. It was Cuomo all day, every day, or they were playing a press conference from another state. And like it was 24 hours and they were going to the different food banks and showing how people were still struggling to get access to food. And you were hearing like detailed reporting of job numbers. All of that has come to a screeching halt. And you can't say it was the election stuff because this was happening before the election. And so like you aren't seeing that same type of reporting anymore on top of the fact that governments are failing in their response to this, not just on the federal, but also on the state levels, even in democratic run states, they're failing in their response to this. And so like people are taking this super lax approach and now you're seeing all of these cases go back up, right? Like they were initially trying to reopen the school district here in Philadelphia from for, for two days a week for kindergarten to second grade. They had to cancel that. Like we're at a thousand new cases daily now, like put your mask on like this is we're still in a global pandemic. We have more cases now than we did when the pandemic was starting before. Because now it's everywhere as opposed to just in the the tri-state area. It's it's insane. And so like that's that's what's happening in Philadelphia right now is like people just aren't wearing their mask. I'm seeing, again, these parties servicing and people in close quarters and office spaces at brunches not wearing their mask like put. We are still in a pandemic. This new vaccine that came down ain't getting into y'all yet. And I'd be cautious about being the first person to take it anyway. Like, wear your mask. This is still a global pandemic. Wear your mask. Yes, please like, wear a mask. It's like, and, and it's not just Philly. It's everywhere across the yes. country. Every yes. state in the country right now is seeing a, a uptick in their cases because people have become less. I think except lax. for the Dakotas because there's only like two people in each state. No, I think it's in every state. 
every state right now. Two, I, I felt like I saw a map where it was only two states that weren't increasing. I don't know. And I'll I'm have to get sure this specific. One of the at least one of them was North Dakota, but we know the Dakota ain't shit there. <laughs> um, ain't nobody in Dakotas. The the Sorry, other thing out of, out of anybody care about the Dakotas. The other thing out of Philly is they're native. After, they're, they're indigenous communities in Dakota. Indigenous all right, country. I get you that. I get you that. <laughs> Outside of so the other thing in 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 Philadelphia after thirty five years thirty five years. City Council has finally apologized for the move bombing. Trash. Finally, after 35 Trash. years. And I'll just say, because I've been on some of the calls when the questions were first raised earlier this year. Initially, City Council was like, why am I apologizing? We weren't in office. I was like, what? Like, aren't you still representative you of the city? If if peop- the people out there listening, if you could see the vicious eye roll that I just gave, then you would see how I feel about that. So, if anything, this is not a congratulations for finally doing this. It's a, about goddamn time. About motherfucking time. That y'all recognize the failures and the, you know, the attacks that you've, you know, sent down on black people. And a largely, you know, democratic city and, and, and a mayor at the time who was a black mayor, too. So... Yeah. Listen, I was I was only one at the time when that happened, but that was that's my neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. West Philly is where I'm from. And so and that block radius of that of of of, of Philly is still I mean Philly is in that's a whole nother conversation. But that block within itself and the houses that they r- destroyed when they bombed the, the move houses are still fucking abandoned to this day. Yeah. And yeah. people have tried to fix them and it's been shit. Like that whole area has problems because of what they did. And so they needed to, the city needed to apologize. Not, And it's not about, I can't believe that they said, well, we weren't in office. So why should we apologize? Like, we want to. We want this country to apologize for what they did to black folks. We demand apologies for all of these other things. So why not, you know, for slavery? So why not demand an apology for exactly. murdering people, exactly. innocent people, and ch- children? Ugh, exactly. So fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Let's, what's let's, let's, what's happening in Georgia? What's happening in the GA? Um, A lot right shit. now, right? The Georgia, whole world's coming listen, down there. Listen. So what's going on in Georgia? There's a lot going on in Georgia right now. Georgia is like the center of the political universe. We have a few runoffs going on right now. The biggest are the Senate runoffs for Raphael, Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, who are competing against Kelly Loeffler and Purdue respectfully. Respect, respectively? Respectively. Respectively. There we go. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking about just then. <laughs> yeah, no respect but to them. No res- no respect to them. <laughs> Only respect to, especially Raphael Warnock, like, <laughs> all due respect to him. So, yeah, those two are going on. Those are the main ones. There's also another Georgia runoff that's happening statewide. It's for the Georgia Public Service Commission. This commission regulates, they're they, they called a quasi-executive quasi legislative um, assembly in Georgia that regulates public public utilities. So things like gas, 
electric, telecommunications, and transportation. They don't control water or sewage or the gas providers, but they control like just different regulations for the gas providers. But if it's a provider of gas, if it's a state agency, then that's a whole other situation. So, yeah. So there are five there are five people on that body, the Georgia Public Service Commission. Up until now, which is, I mean, he's still serving, but all five of them have been Republican for who knows how long. And so there is a runoff for that one. And the person in that seat is Daniel, that's running for that is Daniel Blackman. Daniel Blackman Jr., I believe. Is he a junior? Yes, he's a, he's a junior. I saw, no. He might be a junior. I think I saw a junior somewhere, somewhere. But yeah, Daniel Blackman running for the Georgia Public Service Commission. Yes, he's a black man. He would be the only black man on that commission, the only Democrat on that commission. Initially, it was set to be set for a runoff on December the 5th, 2nd or the 5th, sometime in December. Uh, I believe the 5th. But they since pushed it to go to, to be up for election with the other statewide runoffs so that's happening and i think you mentioned something to me about there's a runoff in athens as well athens clark athens clark county for district attorney there Uh, yeah yeah so that's a another runoff in georgia georgia the i feel sorry for you because y'all the the world is about to descend (laughs) we are about to georgia big time the biggest like spam campaign yeah man and, I, and i'm gonna be the one that's gonna be spamming y'all uh, for <laughs> real for real i ain't even gonna lie to you but deborah gonzalez is uh, running for district attorney and so she's in a uh, runoff right now for in athens you know and that's that's been there's been like initially they were going to move that date but then you know, I guess they reneged on that. So now that is, you know, literally around a corner, December 1st for that runoff. And so, yeah, <laughs> that one might be a little tougher to, to win. Yes, um, because Athens, Car- I used to live in Athens. Athens is a college town. That's where GSU is. So, like all the, like I used to live there and Every football season, every fucking parking lot was full of tailgaters. Like, even at my job, like, I couldn't even park at my fucking job because they were fucking tailgating for the Bulldogs. So that's a very, very white county. There are a lot of black folks. Don't get it twisted. It's a lot of black folks in Athens. But that's going to be a heavy lift to flip that um, athens Clark County. That's, that's going to be a heavy lift. But, I mean, we can do it. We can do it. I mean, I'll be working on it. So <laughs> we can definitely do it. All right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back with a main uh, topic discussion. Hey, everybody. I know throughout this pandemic, everyone has been saying we're all in this together. Well, here at Salas Corner, I want to really hear from you and what you're enduring during this pandemic. Give us a call and leave us a voice memo, and we'll play that on our next episode of Salas Corner. That number is 267-225-5891. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings, things that you're doing to survive during this pandemic. 
and you'll get your memo featured on the next episode of Salas Corner. All right, we back. And so we haven't, you know, you guys haven't heard from us in a while because frankly, I was working on the election (laughs) and I needed to work on the election and unplug from a lot of things. And so obviously this is post election that you're listening to this. You know, I wanted to have a conversation on who won, who really won, not just like, you know, who won the presidency and things like that, but kind of a detailed discussion on like, how did black people fare in all of this? Mm-hmm. And then now what? Like now what do we do? Like the world is has exited all of these states and everybody got the votes that they wanted and then they left everybody else behind, which is what you typically see done every four years. And then so like now what? And so I want to open with just saying a couple of things. Obviously, Joe Biden won. But the flip side of that is 70 million, over 70 million people still voted for Donald Trump. But are we surprised at that, though? No, we're not surprised at that. And that, and, okay. and I'm not necessarily saying that it was it should be a, a surprise or, or it should be, you know, it should have been this or that or that. But I think it's important to do a couple of things as an organizer. I think it's always important to make sure you celebrate the win, which mm-hmm. that is a win. You know, Trump not being in office anymore, getting the first black woman as vice president. Those are wins. But it's important to start redirecting almost immediately because 70 million people still said, nah, I'm okay with him being racist. I'm okay with him locking up kids. I'm okay with it because it benefits me personally. Or I'm okay with, you know, his response for the fucking pandemic. I'm okay with over 240,000 people dying in this pandemic in his response to this. And while it's not a surprise, it's something that needs to really, really be taken seriously because this is serious. Like this is still a threat to our democracy. And this is still a threat to two years from now, we could be in a given, given the House. Oh, I'm sorry. Given these two Senate races that you just talked about, You know, even if they do land in Democratic control two years from now, we know how government works. We know that the party that's in power tends to be the most hated two years from now. We could be right back in this in this in this little bubble again. Four years from now, we could lose the White House and be right back in the same spot. And the other side of that, you know, diving deeper into the data a little bit. Democrats lost a lot in state houses. Mm-hmm. They lost a lot in local elections. And that that is problematic for a number of reasons. But the ones that are most important comes from in controlling what happens on these local levels, you know, to, to that laws that are passed and how the, your state government is responding to very intimate things that affect you directly, like this fucking pandemic. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that... You know, in terms of who won, of course, Joe Biden won. Of course, Kamala Harris won the first black woman as vice president. Most importantly. Should should be celebrated, right? Like that, those are things that should be celebrated. But we need to have to shift and have an immediate discussion on how do we start getting these communities to pay closer attention to local races Mm -hmm. 
and understanding how that directly impacts. Sorry, let me start that over. That truck. And start understanding how that directly impacts them on their everyday life. Because a lot of people didn't, you know, and typically what you see is how the presidency goes. The rest of the state legislatures, local races go the same way. We didn't see that in a lot of these situations. They they went with Joe Biden because they were tired of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But they saw their local representatives somehow, those same local representatives that were supporting Trump, they decided that they were still okay with them as well. And so like this is this is this is a still a serious threat to how we how we view our democracy moving forward and how we view, you know, black people specifically getting centered into the conversations on, on how we're disenfranchised and how we don't have the same accesses to all of the things that are, mm-hmm. are, are wrong with this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it's not even just that seven no we're not surprised that 70 million people or i'm not surprised 70 million people voted for donald trump i'm just not i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting this like tidal wave of people exiting the republican party and going for biden as opposed to trump that was that was not that was not a realistic thing to me i knew that would never happen that's not how white people work it's just not but it's not even just that seventy over 70 million people voted for him. It was that over 100,000 others didn't vote at all. Uh-huh. You, right? So I definitely agree with you. It's definitely, we definitely have to figure out. And I say we as a collective we, as people who are interested in people being involved in the political process, um, in the body politic. But the Democratic Party in particular needs to figure out their problem with connecting with the real working class people, especially black and brown communities, especially indigenous communities, and figure out what their problem is and why they're not connecting with people and and why they're not turning out that vote for, you know, for them. Because I think while I understand you know, the need to, I understand their need to list, to try and figure out, you know, try and pull the, the white working class back to the Repub- the Democratic Party where they were before the Senate third. Fuck that. Y'all need to invest in y'all space, which is black and brown communities, and, and, and turn that vote out as opposed to trying to flip some other fantasy of what the white what of what the party used to be. Parties change constantly. Yeah. The the Democratic Party used to be fucking racist as fuck and now they're the repart they're the the party for inclusion. So, we know that the demographics of parties and how how they function shift all the time. So, the Democratic Party needs to stop trying to fight for this white working class that does not want inclusion. And reach into these communities, these black communities, these Latinx communities, these indigenous communities, even the poor white communities, because the the Republicans don't care about poor white people. Uh They don't. But specifically poor white communities that are in, quote unquote, urban areas. I fucking hate that term, but it's the best way to describe it. 
They need to go into these communities and start uplifting people and teaching them why civic engagement is important so that if you are upset with the way your community is run or the, or the conditions of your schools or all of, all of the things that are problems, why they need to vote for them and, and they need to start working for these communities also. You know that because that gets... they're notorious for. I'm sorry, but they're notorious for coming c- coming to church to get our vote, but then not turning out for us once they're in, in in the system. And so, people, the Democrats need to start doing that. But then the people also need to start voting people in that that want to fuel the change, but then pushing them to do it. And then when they don't do their job, kick them the fuck out. Like people need to start learning that we that that power is is our power it's not their power you know that that gets to the point of like you know i mentioned earlier you had all of these national operatives going into these states and you know trying to mobilize and get out the vote and yada 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 but like the next time you'll see them is four years from now yeah and instead of and, and what we're not understanding, and, and, and this is a problem for organizations, this is a problem that for activists, I believe, I don't think this is necessarily, I mean, shame on the Democratic Party for how they go about getting their support, mm-hmm. but they're interested in the Democratic Party, to be blunt. Yeah. You know, the onus and the, the responsibility is really on these organizations, and I believe activists, that bring people into these folds. And so the goal isn't really to just bring people into the fold so they can just be supporters of the Democratic Party. The goal is to bring people into the fold so that they can be more intertwined with the process. And right. right. And so and the process doesn't that end should be the with, goal. That should be the goal. Right. That's what I'm saying. And so the process shouldn't end with voting, which is what we 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 have we're going to see now in these four years. This should be the start of this process. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, now you've got all of these people to vote. We also know that, you know, or as an organizer and activist here in Philadelphia, I know that we have elections every six months. And so we should be our next pivot should be continuing to to build those relationships and pivoting to what's happening six months from now, which we're going to have a primary election with the district attorney race here in Philadelphia. And then and then also judges and things like that, like. We we don't make that pivot and and maintain those connections that we created in the presidential election because we've we exit these communities and we exit these cities and states Mm -hmm. and we only come around every two years a little bit, but mostly every four years when the presidential election comes around. Mm -hmm. And like I I I fully believe that the responsibility is on. These organizations, if you actually say you care about these specific issues, you need to be building grassroots efforts that are addressing these issues that are that are doing multiple things that are one, creating the relationships with the people in the community to understand what they care about. That's number one. Number two, taking the issues that they care about and, and giving them the resources to problem solve, not just on a organizing way for the when we're in an off election cycle, but also building to the election cycle, because again, the, the voting isn't the end game. Like v- voting is the start of the process right. and you build up from there. And so like, 
these organizations that come into these places and into these cities and states that only focus on what their agenda is and aren't paying attention to what people are saying and what they want in those particular communities are do are the real ones that are doing a disservice because the Democratic Party is only going to focus on what makes the Democratic Party successful. If you're an organization that say, even though we we talk about, you know, this is I'm not even talking about the individual politicians. I'm talking about the party as a whole. The part, right. The is organization focused on, of the Democratic. Exactly. Yeah. Focused on what is going to make the Democratic Party successful. These organizations, if you say you're coming in to represent and uplift the people, then if the people aren't centered in what your organization is pushing forward, that's impacting that community then you are failing them and we're just we're continuing this cycle of not really bringing people into the process but we're doing this this we're doing the grunt work over and over again like the amount of work that i did over the last few months with this election should not be should not be in it shouldn't be scrapped and it shouldn't be in vain where only happens you know in those months closing into the election like Mm -hmm. What are we doing in the process in, in after November? What are we doing in December, in January, in February, right? That's leading up to these these next primary elections, but also creating the relationships with the people that's in those communities. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's going to spark another conversation, like a, if it's going to spark a separate conversation, but I feel like it is in relation to this, especially lately. I have my own opinions, but I'm curious How do you feel about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been getting a lot of heat lately. So I'm curious as to what, because that, that, that is generally, generally that's, that, that's her outlook on what politics should be Mm or the political process should be for elected officials. Like that, that, that is what she stands on. Right. So how do you feel about her and her tactics in the way that she legislates or interacts with other legislators like what do you think about that i think that i think that she does a good job of representing her community and her and that's what she's that's what she's put in power to do right so the p the the people who have elected her her representatives in new york or the people she represents in new york they're expecting her to push back on the party you know, you can, you know, the, the, the politicos of the world can argue whether it's conducive or not. But that's what her people, that's what she, her, that's what they want her to do. Mm-hmm. And she's successful in that. And I think that is what's important. If the people that, re- that she represents are asking her to push on X issue or to buck up against the party mainstays and, and stables in the, in the party and in the house she's doing her job (laughs) like she's doing it well too because she she doesn't just buckle when they say you know buckle she doesn't just jump Mm -hmm. when they say jump she doesn't follow the the quote-unquote traditions and i think that's important because she's not there to just uphold the democratic party she can be a democrat but that doesn't mean she just bows to everything that they want and to all of their traditions what it means is that she's a representative of the people and if the people are expecting her to say, nah, Nancy Pelosi, fuck that. I don't want to do that. Then that's what she does. And if right. she does it well, then I, I I mean, I agree. I agree with her, you know, her tactics wholeheartedly because 
whether or not you can agree on her policy, whether or not you agree, you know, whether you not you like her as a person, she is someone that's representing her constituents. That is what an elected official is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Point blank, full stop. That's it. And whether the party agrees with that or not, or they like it or not, tough titty. That's not that's not what she's in office to do. And so like that, that's my stance on her. And, you know, the rest of the, the, the members of the quote unquote, the squad, right? Like they're not there to 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 just make the party happy. And, you know, I think there is I think from a policy standpoint, there is some collegiality that that needs to get done so you can pass certain agendas. And I think she does that. I think she does it well. I think she navigates those spaces as well because she doesn't just outwardly come out and just attack people just because they don't agree with every little thing that she wants done. Right. But I think it's spun that way. It's it's spun that way both by conservative circles and also some folks that are in within the Democratic party, party that are used to the traditionalist of like we fight behind closed doors and not in the public because the public just needs to see unity. No, the public needs to see you being real. <laughs> like yeah. they yeah. need to see you like, like people are tired of seeing these politicians, you know, and that the hence is the rise of Donald Trump, right? People are tired of seeing politicians be politicians and sugarcoat things and not be real individuals, yeah. you know? And so I think, I think her tactics work for her and her constituents extremely well. What um, do you I, think about the, I, what do you think about because late because okay because it has been reported from from the 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 republic the not I'm sorry not Republican the Democratic they had like a conference call after the um, post like a post mortem essentially between mm-hmm. themselves Spanberg I have my own opinion about Spanberger like she needs to calm the fuck down but that's a whole nother fuck conversation yeah is white women being fucking white women out here but what do you think about what hakeem jeffries was said to have said and then she took to twitter and then like a whole thing happened and then sean was it sean king talking about he's going to primary hakeem jeffries like a whole fucking shit like so i you have to tell me what was said over twitter you'll have to tell me what hakeem jeffries said hakeem jeffries was was reported to have said that we need to start essentially i forget the exact words that they use but essentially he was saying like we need to start being legislators and not internet celebrities like we need to start focusing on legislation and not being you know twitter famous and you know all of that shit and so she went on there and was like you know we can do both i forget what exactly what she said but she wrote this whole tweet about how about in in in, in the opposition to that so to, to, to what was reported to have said and then that's when sean king hopped on the bandwagon and was like oh five I've, five people have told me i live in hakeem jeffrey's district and five people told me that i should run and primary him that i that i could beat him so i'm thinking so and so he started he's considering primarying hakeem jeffrey's and a, reportedly aoc was advocating someone primarying him or she like supported his opponent or something like his democratic opponent don't but she's talked about primarying him and then yeah so all that so what do you think about that i i think it's i feel 
like it plays into the what now what because we we ha- now we we have the presidency we still need the senate so that to really be able to have things move in progress of things that we want so this is part of the now what like now what now how do we do this and then you have the people saying stop being the defund the police slogan is what tanked um, democratic uh turnout which i wholeheartedly disagree with but this is what is being said you know that defund the police is why we lost so many um, seats in the house people need to stop being internet celebrities and start considering legislation and what we can do with legislation this is what Hakeem Jeffries was reportedly to have said Spanberger was the one who uh, was reported to have said the other defund the police is why we lost thing so yeah I I think that's a fight worth having right like I think that's an I think if anything uh, this is you we're, we're about to get into an episode topic that i i want to i want to have in the future okay we can uh, have but it maybe later. maybe and i no, wasn't no, 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 sure look. if this was i wasn't sure that, that's why i asked like i'm not sure if because I, I i knew it would but i feel like it, it's it's a part of this now what conversation it is let me hear me hear me let me it's it's a part of a conversation that i want to have and i was going to say maybe this is a continuation to you know maybe this is the lead up to that conversation yeah i I'm going I'm going to come at this from an angle that's going to, you know, probably people that's listening and they're like what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I started I can't remember if I've actually finished writing this piece on this, but I started this. I can't honestly can't remember if I posted it, but this is a thought that I've had for a long time that the the Republican Party needs to die. And Here's the, here's why I say all of that, and here how this correlates. I mean, to each I don't other. disagree, but I'm curious as to what your thoughts are. Here's the here's the here's the here's how that connects to this whole thing with Hakeem Jeffries, AOC, and Sean King. Which it's 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 going. To, I'm not going to get into the details of that because there's a lot in there that I'm I'm not going to weigh <laughs> into. That's a behind the scenes thing with Sean yeah. King. I'm sure people on know all of the. The things he's been accused of and and all of that i'm not even gonna get into all of that let yeah. me let me let me connect the dots a little bit so this this election was set up or could have been set up to be the death of the republican party and the rebirth of a or 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 the birth of you know the democratic party kind of split again to being a more conservative space that you know, absorbs some of these you know, Republicans that weren't going to support Trump and breaking off into a, you know, either more liberal space with folks like AOC, you know, Sean King supporters, Tanika Mallory's, you know, Mark Lamont Hills, all of those kind of folks. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is, is you have Democrats that are holding on to the institutions of the way things are. Right. You have these Democratic mainstays that want to keep things the way they are. They want to keep this this back and forth the way thing the way they are because it secures their leadership. Number Mm -hmm. one. And number two, they're teaching this younger generation, you know, younger in the sense of like Hakeem Jeffries is younger, quote unquote, but not as young as AOC. Right. And so Hakeem Jeffries is a young upstart within the party. And the sense of like he's not 70 or 80 years old (laughs) and he's taught these ways of like 
again, like I said before, we argue behind closed Par- doors. Par- parliamentary processes. Right. We we argue behind closed doors. We show solidarity in the face of the public. Not that we're here as representatives of the people and we're pushing legislation that represents my district and that represents how we move together as as a unit. And so, like... I think that's a fight worth having and to see how it plays out because it's, I think if the democratic party doesn't figure that out on how they are going to move forward, the Republican party is going to end up sweeping in and it's not going to be the death of the Republican party. You're just going to see a smarter version of Trump Mm -hmm. full stop. And the downside of that is likely the death of the democratic party. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you see that instead of, instead of fracturing into and absorbing the Republican party and growing and it's, and it's liberal base separating and growing as a stronger, you know, party in the country, you're going to see it fracture and just be splintered into, you know, a more dysfunctional party, kind of like what we saw with the Republican party, you know, in, in 2008. And it, right. And so, like, it's a fight worth having, I, I you know, I, I think, yeah. I, you know, because if if we, we're supposedly a country that's supposed to be progressive. Right. And we have been regressive in our policies from a, on a federal level for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's in large part because Democrats don't get they don't have their shit together. And it's yeah. and f- and for a progressive they don't have the base balls to fight for shit. They don't, and for and and in, in a lot of ways, that's 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 to their benefit, but in a lot of ways, it's to their detriment, right? And because they don't just blindly follow, like like a lot of folks do in the conservative movement, it's to their benefit because you shouldn't just blindly follow. But because they are so beholden to these institutions that they're so against this change of, you know, they want you sometimes to blindly follow that's to their detriment. And so if they don't get their shit together, essentially they're they're they are facing a collapse, even though right now we started this conversation saying that it was a win because we have the first black woman as vice president. And we, you know, finally got Donald Trump out of office, the, the bench and the back end of the democratic party and how they organize on a local level, how they organize on a state level is the funnel to the federal level, right? Mm -hmm. And so you look at a a city like Philadelphia, you know, let's scratch New York out of this, right? Look at a city like Philadelphia. Philadelphia has been a democratic bastion for decades, yet Philadelphia and its majority black leadership, majority democratic city, its its hold on democratic politics for decades has been the poorest big city for decades is riddled with just inadequate schools. It's riddled with terrible infrastructure. Right. And so, and part of that is because, well, one Philadelphia is incredibly corrupt, but then two is because they're so beholden to their traditions that we, we don't have the opportunity to change and actually progress. And so that's, and that is a, and, and, in a smaller scale, Philadelphia is a representative of the Democratic Party as across the entire country. And so if, you know, I, I, I until the signs that Philadelphia starts to improve as a city for black people, 
will be a sign that the country is improving, especially and especially within a Democratic Party. So that's my that's my roundabout answer to your to that question. I just was curious because it can it came up and it's a part of it is a part of the now what conversation because you know you have the all the postmortems are happening now mm-hmm. and you got all the people oh we don't need this right now right now we need to you know the come together now nah, we like, need this com- right but no I completely agree but that's the you know that's the narrative that people are trying to spin and so I was just curious you know what you thought about that yeah I was just curious but I don't think the Republican Party is going anywhere. Not this iteration of the Republican Party. And I don't think it's going anywhere because they so blindly follow. Because they are a party of get in line. Because the Republican Party is the get in line party, they will maintain their stranglehold on the majority of especially white America for a very long time. And because the Democratic Party is so is such a large has such a large tent of people that they represent, it's not so easy to get people to fall in line. It's the so they have to fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. You know? It's the fall in love versus fall in line. Like it's because we have those two dynamics between the two parties. I don't think the Republican Party is going anywhere because they're much more disciplined than the Democratic Party is. Well, they blindly re- follow. It, right, and so they're disciplined to be like, this is what we this this is the goal, and this is the long game, and this is how we're going to get there. And they're like, okay, bet, and they'll wait thirty years for something to happen. Where in democratic politics, they don't have that kind of patience. They yeah. don't have a they don't have a long game. And so yeah. that's why you have these problems. They don't they don't have the long game. So I, I and I agree with you. I think I definitely think that it's a conversation worth having. I think both sides have legitimate points to be made, but I definitely think that the the, the newer generation of legislators that are coming through. Though they do need to learn the game, I think that so and they, they do need to take a step back and learn the game. But at the same time, because it's their game that that is going to be played, the older generation needs to take a step back also and see how things are changing and see what changes that they need to make in order to move shit forward. And so I'm, I'm going to say two things really quickly. One I think that someone like Hakeem Jeffries is actually positioned to be the bridge for both of those. Right. And so, like, I think the reason why I say this fight needs to happen is because of that. Like, if he doesn't learn that he needs to be the bridge between the the older establishment within the party and then the, the, the young upstarts that are coming in in the party, then he doesn't deserve his, his seat and doesn't deserve mm-hmm. to, to, to have that power. I, I, um, I agree with that. I agree that's with number that. one. That's the first thing. Number two, I just want to, I'm going to end this main topic on this, on this historical point, right? Back in 2008, when Obama won, I've been saying this for months now. I've actually probably been saying this for years, but back in 2008, when Obama won, everybody was in a kumbaya moment, right? We were all celebrating. Everybody was happy. We got a first black president. We got, you know, George Bush out of here. Like, 
yay, 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 you know, he's going to come in, he's going to save the economy, he's going to do all these things, and he did. But on the back end of that, what we saw and what we were blindsided by was a strategic, well, white, white, that, that, yes, but a very strategic attack by the Republican Party to the point, literally, literally during his inauguration, as he's having his parties, Obama, President Obama, they are literally having meetings saying we aren't going to support any legislation that he puts forward. Mm-hmm. Any, 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 any. And so everybody sat back. Everybody was ready to just kind of like we did it. We won. Let's celebrate. Meanwhile, we were being attacked and ended up being blindsided by that and ended up being on a defensive. Mm-hmm. We cannot be uh, afford to be on a defensive this time. We have right. to be ready right. and and get down and dirty and fight with them on this, fight for the things that we want. That means constantly pushing Republicans to do the things that they need to be doing at the same time pushing Democrats to be better at what mm-hmm. they're doing. And so this fight between AOC and Sean King somehow and Hakeem Jeffries (laughs) needs to happen. It absolutely needs to happen. And people need to learn from that and use that as tactics for when the Republicans are going to come and attack them. And if Democrats don't stop saying defund of police is what is the problem, then they are doomed to repeat the, Mm -hmm. the, the failed lessons of 2008. Yes. I'm going to end that there. Let's take a quick break and come back with our whack asses of the week. <laughs> Here at Salah's Corner, I am always looking to connect with new people, hear new perspectives, and share new stories. And right now, I want to hear from you. Email me at realtalk@salahscorner.com, and we can get your story featured on our next episode. All right, welcome back with our whack ass of the week. Hopefully, y'all found that last topic engaging. I know y'all did. We're going to dive into that more because that's a much more. It's, it's that's a there's a lot more behind that. Oh yeah, there's a lot to unpack with not just what we were talking about, but with like just specifically with what I said. I held back a lot, a know, whole lot. But <laughs> we going we going we got some episodes coming up, some 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 topics that Stay I want to dive into. But go ahead, Farrah, tell me, tell us your whack ass of this week. Okay, so my whack ass of the week is Chuck Senator Chuck Schumer of New York. This is something that happened a couple weeks ago, and I forget exactly what it was about. I think it was about Amy. Yeah, it was about Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett, and, and that vote that that they were doing to push her through right before an election. And Chuck Schumer says that the Republican Party will lose their cre- credibility if they continue with this vote. And in my opinion, he's whack. He's the whack ass of the week because one, the Republican Party lost their credibility years ago. But two, I just don't. I don't think that he. I don't think that Chuck Schumer can match up with the evilness of Mitch McConnell. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like him. I, I don't like him. I think he's. A, I think he's a fucking nut. I. I don't like him and so i think to say that the republican party will lose their credibility because of that vote is so 
missing the mark. They lost their credibility years ago. Nothing credible comes out of the Senate right now. And to even think that is so to be not in touch with what is really going on. So to, in my opinion, that's why he is whack ass of the week. That's a good nomination. I feel like you are always nominating a Democrat though. I'm just going to throw that out there. But anyway, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm for it. I'm not a huge fan of Chuck Schumer. I honestly don't care about him one way or the other. I think he, we could definitely. I don't think he's extreme. I don't think he's very effective. As, as that's a, what as I was going to say. Minority leader. I don't think he's effective at all. And yep. he's completely out of touch with what is really going on. Not just in, in, in the Senate. In the Senate, in particular, as the part, as the, the the body that he is is in, but in with just politics in general, I th I just I don't think he's in touch. I don't think he un understands the gravity of what is really happening. So I I and to, to and to say that proves to me that you don't get it. To say yeah. that you lose your credibility for pushing through Amy Con Amy Coney Barrett when he refused to 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 even have a hold a fucking vote, a up or down vote on Merrick Garland to have to refuse to have fucking meetings with Merrick Garland, not even a, a hearing or a vote fucking meetings 10 months before an election, but he's just now losing his credibility. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. That is insane. It's insane. I agree. I definitely think he's not effective, but let me let me tell my whack ass of the week. This was hard for me, actually, because I had to actually think about this. Initially, I was going to say, have you heard of this new app or new online thing called Parler? I want to say it sounds familiar. I thought you were going to talk about another platform, but Parler, mm -hmm. it sounds kind of familiar. Essentially, it's the new home for right wing conservatism. And so obviously that's like trash. And so, you know, that was going to be, you know, essentially everyone, all of the right wing conspiracy theorists, they're being uh, censored on Twitter. And so they're moving over to Parler where they're not being censored. Um, I was going to make that it. But then I was like, you know, I, the reason why I even knew about Parler is because of Fox News. And so you watch my Fox News? I do not watch Fox News. Hear me out. Okay. I just I just wanted to know. I just was curious. I do not watch Fox News because I am very intertwined. I, I get I you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, quick story, about, you know, the news that they watch. And they mentioned that they watch they they watch a lot. They watch Fox News, they watch CNN, and they watch uh, MSNBC. And, and they mentioned that because like you know, they they want to get like they want to hear the different perspectives of things. Mm -hmm. They still voted Democrat and all of that. And I voted, mean, I respect you know. that. But the reason why I don't do that is because I am very intertwined with the details of all of this. And so I already know what they're saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to watch it to, to know what they're saying, because I yeah. get it from all directions all the time anyway. But I took the time today and yesterday and I was on their website and my God, it is. Is it a land of just chaotic nonsense? Trash. And the reason why I selected Fox News for my whack ass of the week, which is I also think is a little easier one, which is why I haven't been doing it. It's like Donald Trump, like it's easier to pick Fox News on any week. <laughs> yeah. And this will be the I won't say this is will be the last time, but this will be the rare occasion where I select Fox News is because simply when you go to their website and just go to the navigation section you know, they are Fox News and Republican and conservative media 
is hyper focused on fear tactics. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people say all news and reporting is corrupt because all they try to do is scare you. And no, they don't. News is is not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be lighthearted stories and feel good stories like it's it's news. It's supposed to give you information that's not necessarily good. But the fear tactic of it is so different. And Fox News does it so much differently. Mm -hmm. And so just looking at how they navigate their website, the first tab under us when you click on their like their navigation is crime military right when you go into world it's conflicts terrorism disasters like this is what conservatism is being fed on a daily daily basis and i think they're the just, highest rated network for they are news. they are you know they're the that, not the highest rated but the most watched like the, the, most watched. the right yeah I'm, i apologize that's what i meant difference that's, in the in the completely uh, different completely yes. different they're the they're the most watched the most watched they, they, they have more um, they have more viewership let's put it that and way. like they have more viewership it's it's so there there is there is a difference when you when you lead with an important story that's related to terrorism or that's related to conflicts around the world or that's related to crime. But when those are your top sections, that's a problem. Like that means you're only, you know, hoping for fear to bring people into what you have to say. And that's, that's, that's very, 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 very problematic before you even get into the details of some of the stories when their navigation is specifically about problem areas, not necessarily saying what those are, but you're just crime is a, is a category. What news site has that as a category? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like what? That doesn't make any, any sense. And then when you start getting into the news stories, their first news story is the million MAGA march. Yeah. Right? Their second story is the the CEO of this app called Parlor, who is talking about how people hate censorship and that's why they're leaving Twitter and coming over to his app. And so like from the gate, you're getting bombarded with just propaganda, fear tactics, fear mongering and and nonsense and nonsense stuff. And it's like if 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 nobody understand and, and like I understand that people that uh, watch Fox News to be to get you know to hear the different perspectives, Fox News flat out is not news. It's no, not. I don't disagree with you. Um, and so that's my whack ass of the week. We will put those up in the stories for everyone to vote on. I kind of feel like Fox News is going to win. I'm going to be honest with you. I think so, too. I do. I mean, Um, I don't don't go in it to win win it. True, true. It's great if I do, but I really just be like, this is fucking trash as fuck. And I need to call this shit out. Like, Chuck Schumer is fucking trash. Like, he is not an effective party leader. He's just not. And I am so happy that he's not in the fucking house and the speaker of the house. Because could you imagine the yeah. nonsense that would be coming out if he was the part, the, the 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 speaker of the house? Like, yeah, say what you say. Say what Nancy you Pelosi want. Nancy Pelosi has her faults, but uh, yeah. she knows what the fuck she's doing, and she knows how to turn them motherfuckers out. Very effective. Chuck Schumer has pro- has problem senators in 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 his party, and you know, in, in, in the Senate. And he just does, it's, 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 it's just utter ridiculousness. And the way that they fight 
the way that they attempt to fight with the Democrats and um, with the Republicans. Oh, there's only so many things you could. No, there's a lot you can do, and you just need to figure this shit out. You, Chuck Schumer. Yeah. I, I could go on a rant. About you, you, you are, you are ranting, right. but that's okay. That's okay. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> we going to. Boils my blood. We're going to put these up in our stories. Go ahead and vote on them. It is now 4.40 on a Sunday, which means it's bedtime apparently now. <laughs> so, Fair, you got any closing remarks? Protect black women. We the shit. Philly and Atlanta need to be their own states. And black men, we love you. Appreciate that. Don't Thank be you. the weakest link. What's your, you. Drop your socials. Don't be the weakest link. Oh, the socials. The socials are Farah underscore Gamo on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can email me at Farah.Alisa at gmail.com. And as always, make sure you're following on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Salas Corner. Feel free to email me at realtalk at salascorner.com. And until next time, peace, y'all. Burr, 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 burr.